You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome one and all to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we go any further that this show is presented to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL Show. Subscribe. To the SB Nation NFL show, wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy. You can also watch the show on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. And if you don't, it is basically uh, an indication that you don't care for us at all, which is really hurtful. When I say us, my name is Arjo Ochoa from Blog of the Boys. The he's, him's that are here with me. Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride. Steven, happy Friday to you. Uh, it would be a happy Friday if the Packers weren't so terrible and the Lions threw the ball in the second half of that game. BLG, did you enjoy uh, the latest edition of Thursday Night Football and everyone commiserating over how terrible it was? Uh, it probably was not a good game for you as someone who has been a skeptic of the Lions. Yeah, last night, last night was, uh, I mean, like, I I put on my shoes to get ready to walk it back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm kind of getting closer to that. We're obviously um, going to recap that game. We have a lot to get to. We will also do uh, our pick three segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings. We have our locks of the week. Uh, we have our same game parlay, as noted. I mean, we have a lot to do. Um, so that's why I put the shoes on for this. I say good for the Lions. You know, <laughs> it was good to see a lot of blue there at uh, Lambeau Field. Not, I think, something that even Lions fans expected to see. And they took over. And I think the Lions have not totally newly, but have kind of solidified themselves here as a team that people have to respect in the NFC. Road wins over the Chiefs and the Packers. I think Lions have won now. Uh, Our good friend Jeremy Reisman tweeted out something like nine straight division games or seven straight division games. Like, that's crazy. For a team who has never even won the NFC North ever, uh, for them to pull that off. It's a, it's truly is like this new era of Lions football. Um, I wanted to dilly dally before we started talking about football. Steven, <laughs> but, um, seems like Brandon is just like ready to, you know, jump in. We're here the to Lions... talk football. What do you want to dilly dally about? I don't know. Hear about your personal lives. I mean, survivors back. Yeah. I know you haven't, I haven't watched, watched it yet, yet, but I mean, still, I like did the... have it spoiled for me. Someone, come on, man. Someone quote tweeted something about it. Someone who I don't even follow <laughs> for like anything survivor related. So like someone who, covers a different as a sport i don't want to out this person they didn't do it on purpose but it's just like come on man and it wasn't it wasn't within the 24-hour rule rj it was like the very next morning like come on steven before we go any further um it's very difficult for me to agree with aaron Rodgers on anything uh but i once heard him say um at the peak of game of thrones that you have 24 hours uh yeah and which I, was I, not 24 hours at all well i know i know but i'm just like i'm explaining the rule to steven so like after a show ends um, like an episode of something that like is is you know a big very popular thing 
Um, you have 24 hours where it's politically, you know, appropriate to not say anything on the internet. But after 24 hours, everyone has seemingly had enough time to kind of, you know, watch it, whether they were busy, you know, this, that, or the other. Do you think that's fair? I, it's probably fair, but I I, st I think you should give it a couple of days because sometimes wow. I don't have time to watch stuff, so I load up on the weekends and get caught up on everything. Um, but uh, especially for something like that, like a reality television show, I think 24 hours is more than enough time. Well, Ooh. it's also like if you tweet about it regularly and then I happen to see it, well, that's my fault. But like if you never tweet about Survivor and all of a sudden you're just throwing a random Survivor tweet <laughs> out there that has a spoiler. And like, what are we doing? Like, where's that coming from? How was I supposed to anticipate that? Like, that's a little fair. out of left field. Um, that's fair. Um, last part of the Dilly Dally segment. Um, I saw this earlier. I think you've both seen this. Breaking Bad ended 10 years ago today on the subject mm. of television shows. Um, that is one of the only times I've ever watched anything over Sunday Night Football. I vividly remember the finale airing at the same time that the New England Patriots were in Atlanta taking on the Falcons. So I uh, I rewatched Breaking Bad over the summer. I had mm. not rewatched it since it had ended. So it was the first time I had ever really binged it because I watched it as it came out. Mm. Okay. Good job on the Dilly and the Dally. Uh, 34 to 20, the final score at Lambeau Field, uh, which was uh, decorated in Honolulu blue, as you said, Brandon. Lions fans really feeling themselves. How could they not? Um, this game was over pretty early. Um, the final score was 34 to 20. And I think, you know, maybe the end of the third quarter, we thought like, I don't know, maybe the Packers could do this, but they very clearly could not. It was 24 to 3 early in the second quarter, Brandon. Again, it just was a you know mismatch. I mean, the Lions are so much of a better football team than the Packers. Matt LaFleur kind of um, you know, did the like self-hate, you know, thing afterwards. I don't know that that's a, a stunt to try to throw some some blame off of them or whatever, but these are this is these are two teams in two different classes right now. This had uh reason to get ugly for the Lions. At least it looked like in the beginning, Jared Goff throws that pick. It's like, okay, here the Packers go. They can get the crowd behind them. Jump started. Nope. Lions defense settles down, holds them to a field goal. And then basically from there on out, it just felt like every time, because I was watching the game, but I thought I was so doing some other things. It just felt like every time I looked at the TV, the Lions kept having the ball. I'm like, wait, how did they get the ball back again? And they're scoring a touchdown again. So uh, yeah, I know the, the game kind of got a little bit closer towards the end, but to me, uh, ever since the Lions really got that first touchdown there where Rizul Douglas got cooked by Amon Ra St. Brown, it was pretty much over from a vibe perspective. And that's, again, kind of just have to appreciate how different that is for the Lions. Like, when have the Lions ever just been able to say that and, and be this team and meet expectations, maybe even exceed expectations? Uh, they're very much legitimate. Jared Goff looks good. Um, I'm buying the Lions stock. Yeah, I was always in on the Lions. Um, there, uh, Dan Campbell is doing a really good job. Jared Goff is playing really good football. Their defense has improved since last season, where it was one of the worst in the NFL last season. And their defensive line is playing really well right now. Aiden Hutchinson has been fantastic so far this season. And their secondary is kind of falling apart right now and i think the packers should have done a better job of testing them deep down the field early in the game and they just didn't do that and they couldn't stay on the field and the lions offense is so good and talented and their offensive line so good that it burned the packers early in the game and they couldn't ever climb out of the hole like it was just complete and utter domination in the first half and then in the second half the lions were just like we're just gonna run the ball the entire time and there's nothing you can do about it 
I mean, this really had the feel of like everything Detroit touches turns to gold, except for the the Jared Goff interception at the beginning. Um, Jared Goff even, you know, whipped out the wheels uh, in this game. I mean, like it just was kind of like a party. Like this, this was like the best kind of game to watch if you're a fan of the Lions. Like it's it's never in doubt. You're cruising. You're dominating a team that you know you've struggled against for a very long time. Um, the only like weird thing going on with the Lions right now is the Jameer Gibbs usage. But like. Does it matter? Like, I know that, like, it, it feels like, you know, well, you're doing this in an illogical way. Um, so it bothers us to a small degree. But, like, I, it's hard to have a problem with anything the Lions are doing. It's hard to not buy into your point, Brandon. Like, um, their next two games after the mini-buy at that are against Carolina and then they're down in Tampa. Like, mm-hmm. all the reason in the world to believe they're going to get to 5-1. and one, Like, it's, I mean, it's it's all here. It's all happening. It's all coalescing. Their one loss was a close one against the Seahawks team that we all believe in as well. Um, so yeah, all the flowers to Detroit, they have earned them. Um, good for them. Plus, um, I believe I, I missed this. Um, like I didn't write this down at the end of the, of the game. Dan Campbell's the first lions head coach to win four straight games against the Packers since like Mm -hmm. 1980 or something like that. Um, very cool. Like it's, it's gotta feel nice to be above water, Brent. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at with the takeover in the state. Like, that just doesn't happen. I I don't recall many teams of really any fan base going into Lambeau and kind of, like, really taking over like that. Uh, So pretty impressive. It is eight of their last nine division games that they've won, according to our good friend Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit, which, by the way, has a ton of great Lions coverage. And I think you kind of just see that. Like, there's a a real energy and fervor, and it makes sense for a team that's been starved and bad for so long there's actual buy-in now and they're like no this is for real this is unlike for a lot of Lions fans this is unlike anything they've seen in their lifetime so that has to be really exciting and they're three and one now with a win over the second team place in their division and then the other two teams in their division haven't even won a game yet the zero and three Vikings and the Bears who are probably the worst team in the league so yeah life is feeling really good for them and uh, it's long overdue so um, good for them. You mentioned the. Go ahead, Stephen. Go first. I was just gonna say you mentioned the Jameer Gibbs usage, and that is frustrating. But also, never believe an offensive coordinator when he talks about they're gonna use this player in all these unique and special ways because he's got such a special skill set. Because it never manifests anything. (laughs) And I think Jameer Gibbs is an extremely talented player who should have a bigger role as the season moves on, and that's kind of scary because they're playing so well right now when Jameer Gibbs is the more talented running back and they've got a good rushing attack already. And then I don't know what they're going to get out of Jamison Williams later on in the season, but like this team could get better as the year goes on. And that's kind of scary because they're playing really well right now. Like I I think this team right now, early in the season is performing above expectation already and they could only get better as the year goes on um i think that's well said the jameson williams thing is lurking like i think we all forgot that and mm. i mentioned everything they touched turning to gold like the sam laporta pick looks great like i, get, like, I mean obviously we're you know obsessing over the, the jameer gibbs thing but like they're getting extreme contribution from their rookie class brian branch mm-hmm. thankfully it appears that he's all right i mean and brandon the point i was going to make like on the culture thing it kind of feels like incidentally enough like when the bucks got good uh the milwaukee bucks like this like team that just like nobody is accustomed to like being good and you know what i mean like now is like a part of the mix and a part of the fold um and just like turns into a mainstay it's kind of like a random thing um again funny enough that that's a wisconsin team given that this was green bay but speaking of uh the packers um this 
last week has kind of been the exposing of uh, some of the teams that were like either undefeated or two and one or whatever. The Bucks, the other Bucks happened on Monday night. Um, the Packers on Thursday night. Steven, this was a tough look for Jordan Love. I mean, and a tough look for the Packers offense all the way around. Yeah, they made things close at the very end, but they they just look so far behind. Even the Vikings offensively. I know that they're winless, but like they they look like they're, you know, in mud compared to everybody else. Yeah, and I wasn't really buying into the Packers just yet. I know they looked good against the Bears, but we know now that the Bears <laughs> are one of the absolute worst teams in football. And you know, and they pull off the come from behind win against the Saints, but like that's Derek Carr, Jameis Winston. Like I know we like the Saints, but part of that is because of their easy schedule, not because we think the Saints are a legitimate contender or something like that. And like they're one of the youngest teams in football. And last night it looked like they played the toughest team that they have faced, and they played a contending team. And I, I don't think we should have been shocked by the way that game played out last night because the Lions are, or the Packers are still figuring a lot of things out. And they just got Christian Watson back last night, who I think is extremely talented and could be a, a star if he can stay on the football field for them. And Aaron Jones is unhealthy right now. And we know A.J. Dillon's just not really much of anything. Like he's just not a super productive running back. So. Aaron Jones was on a snap count last night and the offensive line is kind of falling apart. Like David Bakhtiari is maybe the worst mm -hmm. contract in all of football right now. And they just put him on IR for the third or fourth consecutive season or something like that. So the Packers have a lot of things to figure out, but I, I think we shouldn't have been surprised by how dominant the Lions were against the Packers last night. Yeah, Packers are really banged up. In addition to everything that Steven mentioned there, I mean, no Elgin Jenkins, Devondre Campbell is out, Jarby Alexander out. Uh, so that's definitely a reason why uh, they were even underdogs in that game against the Falcons in week two. They've just kind of not been able to get right health-wise so far and certainly playing on Thursday Night Football. It doesn't help matters for them. So I'm not ready to write them off as a team. It is a pretty concerning performance from Jordan Love, I think. Uh, certainly in a national, like that's that's not fun if you're a Packers fan and you're trying to buy into this and you're defending him against everything. And then he goes out on national television and and does what he did with two interceptions, took five sacks. Certainly was not helped again by an injured offensive line, but still um, didn't look pretty, didn't look great. And uh, I think you have to question, you know, okay, what are the Packers really going to be able to do this year with him? Um, all right. Well, that was Thursday Night Football. Are you both excited for one week from now uh, to be discussing the Chicago Bears and Washington Commanders Thursday night game? I am. Uh, if Justin Fields starts running, then yeah, <laughs> hopefully. That, I, I mean, like Thursday Night Football has changed hands how many times? Like it's the same thing. It's almost like playing the game so quickly after a Sunday game is a terrible idea. It's almost like there's nothing but 20 years of data to prove this. If the Bears lose to the Broncos this weekend and then to the commanders on Thursday night football. I mean, just like, what are we doing at that point? It's all, it's all time low. Well, we'll see uh, whether or not you think the bears are going to lose to the Broncos this weekend, Brandon, because we're going to preview every single game in week four or the remaining games of week four uh, in the NFL. But before we do that, we are going to do our pick three, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer. When you sign up, that is code SBNFL only a DraftKings Sportsbook. So uh, our same game parlay this week, gentlemen, is an AFC West showdown. Uh, the two best teams in the AFC West, some people are saying. 
those are not real people. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are visiting the Los Angeles Chargers um, in a fight for second place uh, because Patrick Mahomes exists. Uh, but nevertheless, we have a same game parlay to put together. Last week, Brandon, we almost did it. Speaking of mm. the Chiefs, we went Kansas City, Chicago. You hit on your leg of the parlay. I hit on my leg of the parlay. Two-thirds of the tripod were there, but Stephen believed in Patrick Mahomes just a bit too much. And it could not happen. It did not happen. We have never done this together. Um, and we were right there, Steven. So before we get in, are you going to apologize for missing last week? I'm not going to apologize oh, because Patrick Mahomes would have hit it if the Marquez Valdez-Scantling touchdown just before halftime counted. Mm. And it got taken off the board because of another bogus Jawan Taylor penalty that the wow. NFL is just singling him out for now. And I'm not going to apologize because I was right. It, it was right there. <laughs> and it got taken off the board because of this this bogus witch hunt against the Chiefs' right tackle. That sounds like um, moving the goalposts to me, Brandon. I don't know about you. <laughs> Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Nevertheless, uh, let's get into it. Uh, we are all one and two on the season in terms of correct legs predicted. So a nice uh, tie in that sense. Brandon, um, you um, got one correct last week, and I'm a gentleman. So that means you get to go first right now. What is your leg of this week's in-game parlay? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert, uh, 250 plus. So the over on 249 and a half passing yards. Justin Herbert is averaging 313 passing yards per game early on the season. The Raiders have the fourth worst passing DVOA defense. Justin Herbert is no stranger to having big games against the Raiders defense. I think he can keep it going in part because he has to. So I'm going to keep it easy, keep it simple. That's not really the highest bar for him to clear. I think he can do it. I want to win. I want to finally actually hit on one of these same game parlays. So I'm going a little bit more conservative with mine, but I want it to hit. I want to win the people some money. So Justin Herbert taking the over. Yeah, the line on this particular leg is minus 270. So something fairly likely, obviously um, good for you. Again, I, I'm with you. Like, let's just take the low-hanging fruit. There's no, right. we, know, we don't need to be heroes here, Steven. Uh, so, you know, let's just be cool. Uh, this has been my mentality for a while. Last week, I went with Travis Kelsey as an anytime touchdown score, not even knowing that Taylor Swift would be in the building. Obviously, that changed the script completely, and it just had to happen. Uh, so that's not going to be the case this week, but I am going back to the same well. Devontae Adams anytime score at minus 105 for me, uh, partly because what else do the Raiders have? Uh, partly because I don't really put a lot of stock into these like trade rumblings, rumors, things that are percolating, but um, it certainly would help for Devontae Adams to be boosted. Uh, not that anybody doubts his abilities, but uh, it just makes sense to me. Like if the Raiders are going to get in the end zone and I don't think they'll get blanked, uh, Devontae Adams would be a part of that. So that is my leg. Steven, what will be yours that is going to ruin this for us? This might be the risk. This is probably the riskiest leg of the same game parlay this week, but I, I think it's safe. I'm taking Keenan Allen over seven and a half mm. receptions plus 114. Keenan Allen had 18 catches last week, and Mike Williams done for the season, unfortunately, tore his ACL against the Vikings last week. So Keenan Allen's going to get fed a bunch of volume. We'll, we'll see how the other wide receivers and maybe Austin Eckler's back this week. We'll see how everybody factors into it. But Keenan Allen's been an absolute monster this season, and Justin Herbert's been great. He's targeting the hell out of Keenan Allen. I think seven and a half receptions, easy outcome for Keenan Allen this week. It would be very hard for Stevens to hit and then mine not to hit. So you do have a little bit of a tandem going there. 
Um, you do technically have the longest odds, Stephen. Um, so you, you know, when you said it might be the most difficult, it's, it's objectively the most difficult uh, <laughs> one of the of the three to hit. Uh, so um, we'll see. Fingers crossed uh, that this is the week that is our same game parlay once again presented by our friends at DraftKings. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, gentlemen, the time has come to preview the rest of the slate across week four uh, in this particular NFL season. A few ground rules for the newer members of the audience. Uh, like I always say, what took you so long? Why weren't you here? Why Why would the people have not been here at this point, Brandon? There's really no good, acceptable answer. There we go. Uh, but if you're new, uh, nevertheless, uh, two important things. We will each administer a lock of the week, uh, which is what it sounds like. We're locking up a game. We're locking up against the spread. The three of us all hit last week. Brandon, you locked up the Chiefs against the Bears in the game. We uh, had the same game parlay going. I locked up the Steelers against the Raiders. Steven, you correctly locked up the Seahawks against the Panthers. Uh, you are both undefeated in mm. locks this season. I am one and two. So thankfully, I finally got on the board. Other note uh, to note. And that's that we each have a zap. Uh, if Brandon doesn't want to hear me or Steven talk about <laughs> a certain game, uh, he has the ability to offer a zap. Now, we cannot be zapped uh, with regards to the teams that we cover here at SB Nation. That's the Cowboys, Eagles, and Chiefs. Uh, but any other team is fair game. Any other game that doesn't involve them is fair game, I should say. Everybody cool. Seatbelts buckled. No flash photography permitted. Steven, are your hands and feet inside the vehicle? Yes. Okay, well, they should be because we're traveling across the pond. The Atlanta Falcons visiting uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, at Wembley Stadium. This is the Toy Story game, Brandon. Are you going to be watching mm-hmm. that broadcast? Uh, if you do, um, no. I'm sure it will be great. But the Jaguars are favored by three. Mm. I <laughs> like the idea of football being on earlier because one o'clock is too late to start on the East Coast. Anyway, um, man. I don't so love the, the Toy Story game, though. That was my first question. No, I said no. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I really don't love this, is what I'll say, because I think the Jags, I don't really trust them right now. And I especially, I am famously the only person not in on Desmond Ritter, who it just looks like the Falcons don't even like him either. Like they don't, they don't trust, they clearly don't trust him to throw the football. So I guess I have to go with liking that less, and I'll take the Jags here. Uh, but I really don't feel good about either of these teams right now. Yeah, I think I have to take the Jags and take the points in this one. Jacksonville hasn't been as good, I think, as a lot of us thought they were going to be so far to start the season. They just they haven't really been in sync offensively, and Trevor's still been playing well, but his, his pass catchers have been dropping a lot of passes, and they've just kind of looked 
mm-hmm. out of sync. And the Falcons actually are like a, a tougher defensive matchup, I think, so far this season than probably anybody realizes. Like they, they've been solid, but I think at the end of the day, Jacksonville needs this a lot more. Trevor's going to show up and they're they always win in London, right? Or in or wherever that like they always win these international games. So I, I think Jacksonville is going to win this game, e- even though uh, they're kind of struggling right now. They really need to pick up a win. Um, it's worth noting if this matters to anybody that the Jaguars are going to be in London for two weeks. Um, they play the bills, uh, in London next week. So they're kind of camped out there again. They are kind of the unofficial team, uh, of London. I I think what you both said is fair. Um, it's hard to trust the Jaguars right now, um, because they're not necessarily living up to the expectations. And when something like that doesn't happen, we tend to bounce and bail, um, which is what I thought would happen to the lions, obviously. Um, but yeah, the Falcons are just gross. I mean, like we're get, we speaking of the lines, we get all pissed off because they won't use Jameer Gibbs. Well, the Falcons, I know that you know Kyle Pitts finally got some targets last week, but like I still just I can't trust it. Like if the Jaguars get hot, Trevor Lawrence is playing well, um, despite the like overall team dysfunction. Um, so I'm just I'm way more inclined to trust one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL as opposed to one that uh, Brandon, you know, is the only person who doesn't believe in. Uh, right. So um, let's go Jaguars. Uh, do we call this a true home field advantage? Like it's I mean, it's not home field. No, I think it is for Jacksonville just because they played there so many times. Um, OK, that's fine. Uh, let's move on. Um, the Washington Commanders are visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. This is uh, Josh Harris's first opportunity to flex uh, as the owner of uh, the Commanders and the Sixers. You're the person who was obsessed with this before, Brandon. So that, that's the only reason I bring it up. Uh, maybe a uh, chance Joel- to flex. What's he going to flex that his team sucks? I mean, maybe and the, you don't even know if I'm talking about the Sixers or the Commanders when I said that the Commanders won this game in Philadelphia last year. Stephen, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll set the floor for Brandon. The Eagles Very are favored flippily. by they the Eagles are favored by eight and a half. Um, who are you taking? Are you laying that many points? Uh, this is my lock of the week. Lock it in the Eagles. Here's wow. some stats for you. Steven Since, was the person who was asked to go first, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Since the beginning of the Knicks, I've been waiting to talk about this game all week. Since the beginning. Sorry, Steven, not personal, but just, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming out, out of the gates hot. Since the beginning of the Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts combined era in 2021, the Philadelphia Eagles are 10, three and two against the spread as home favorites. That's the best cover percentage in the NFL and one of those losses, by the way, was when Gardner Minshew was starting last year. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. And additionally, since Ron Rivera became head coach of the Commanders in 2020, the Commanders are 8, 9, and 1 against the spread as road dogs as they are in this one. That is the seventh worst cover percentage in the NFL. When you look at matchups in this game, Commanders' biggest strength is their defensive line. And the Eagles have a really good offensive line. I think they're going to be able to neutralize that to some extent. And another big mismatch is also in the trenches on the other side of the ball where the commanders are allowing a league high 19 sacks. That's six more than any other team. And it's not just because of the line is bad. It's also because Sam Howell has a tendency to hold onto the ball. He is the ninth slowest average time to throw. I think the Eagles are going to have a really, really finally that a game. Everyone's been waiting for to see from them. I think they're going to dominate this team and I will take them. I don't, Really care how big the line is almost. Uh, give me the Eagles to cover. I took it originally, whatever it was, like seven and a half earlier in the week, but I still feel good at eight and a half. Yeah, I basically agree with everything that BLG said. Um, that I think the one thing that has been worrisome about 
Philadelphia so far, and it's not even really worrisome, is these slow starts that they've been having to start games. But then it's like, well, you just know that they're inevitable. Like, you know, eventually they're going to lean into the run game and they're going to have these massive holes that that offensive line is going to open up for DeAndre Swift. And then they'll get to the one yard line and Jalen Hurts will fall into the end zone for a touchdown. Like, that's exactly how it's gone the last two games for the Eagles, like game script wise. And the commanders got off to this fun 2-0 start, but nobody was believing in Washington right now. Like, I am rooting for Eric Bieniemy and for him to keep getting something out of Sam Howell, but Sam Howell was awful last week. Threw four interceptions, got totally decimated by the Bills, and this, I think, is a worse matchup for him. Like, the, I think the Eagles' defensive line is just going to absolutely crush him. You mentioned that he hangs on to the ball for way too long, and... That's not a, a recipe for success uh, against that Eagles defensive line the way that they're playing right now. So I think the Eagles are safe here, and, and I think they're safe here with the points. The commanders desperately need to get to their week five matchup against the Chicago Bears to feel good about themselves because this is just not going to be a fun game for them. Yeah, I mean, um, it would be funny if the Eagles lost this game. And <laughs> I think like I think if we simulated this a hundred times, like maybe you get the like weird commanders win, like I don't know. That's 12. what happened last year though. That's not right. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you you got the like the weird outlier last season and like you know, there's no Taylor Heineke um to get his Jordans after this game. That's the bit I love the most. Um I mean, is it possible? Certainly. Um, uh, but to your point, Steven, I mean it, like I, I haven't felt like the Eagles looked super threatening yet this year. And that's not meant to be like an insult, um, but they're undefeated in spite of that. Like, And they're also like kind of crushing teams in, in spite of that, which is just like the weirdest, you know, indication that they're uh, that they remain an elite team. It's just not sexy. Uh, so I'll take and I've said this all season long to this point, like until the Eagles lose and show like I know they haven't covered every single game, but until they like, you know, show legitimate signs um to abandon ship in terms of believing in them um i'm going to take them i'm willing to lay the points um so clean sweep from all of us uh i would say good luck in your lock brandon but i'm really hoping that it blows up in your face um all right let's move on uh the game of the week is there any question um that the miami dolphins visiting the buffalo bills uh is the most anticipated game this week uh quickly steven uh bill's favorite by two and a half but the quickly thing is um i saw somebody say that all games between these two uh played in buffalo should be in december and all the ones played in Miami should be this time of year. This game is in Buffalo, so we won't get a snow you know, globe game between them. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I'd okay. be fine well, with the schedule makers taking that into account. Okay, well, how do you feel about this game? Buffalo two-and-a-half-point favorites, despite the fact that Miami dropped 70 uh, on the definitely not a horrible team, Denver Broncos, coached by Sean Payton. I think that the Bills should not be favored in this game. Um, mm. I, I am buying into everything the Miami Dolphins are doing right now. And I know that's easy to say after they dropped 70 points last week and like dropped 70 points, it made it look easy. Um, but it's just offensively, like I just don't know how you stop them. And it doesn't matter who they put back there at, at running back. Like it's just, as long as they're fast, they're going to, they're going to get them into open space and they're going to be explosive and what they're doing in the passing game. Like, they didn't even have Jalen Waddle last week, and he's been cleared uh, to return to action this week, so he'll be available. Tyreek Hill is totally unguardable right now. Um, I, I just I'm buying into all of the Dolphins' hype, and I think more impressively, their defense has been better than I anticipated it being coming into the season. And this uh, defense, it's going to add Jalen Ramsey like possibly midway through the year. So. I just think that the Bills last week needed that dominant win and they did it over an inferior Washington team. 
but I'm still not totally sold on Buffalo. And we've seen Josh Allen have this up and down type of performances. He insists every week on trying to throw turnover or throw interceptions and turn over the football. So I'm not totally sold on the bills right now, but I am buying all into the dolphins, like in this offensive performance. I just think they're totally unstoppable right now. So I'll take Miami and the points. What do you got RJ? You can't win MVP in September. I guess this is technically October, but, um, but you can, you can widen the gap, right? And that, that gap helps when, you know, you stumble across the rest of the season. This is like a, this is a big potential boost for Tua's MVP candidacy. Like Tua checks all the narrative boxes, right? For MVP, like he's never won it before. Uh, the reigning MVP isn't like lighting up, you know, the stat sheet. Jalen Hurts isn't either. Um, I suppose other challengers like Justin Herbert exist, but he's on a really good team. He's on a feel good team story. Like everybody's into Mike McDaniel and everybody kind of wants this to be cool. Like everyone's bought in. And so you go to Buffalo, you slay the Bills, you outperform Josh Allen. Like that is a big kind of, you know, resume bullet point, I think, on the Tua MVP case, uh, presuming they continue to kind of play par for the course across the rest of the season. I'm I'm completely with Steven. I, y'all both know I don't believe in the Bills. Um, now, I think they were impressive last week and their throttling of Washington. Um, they obviously had their way with Vegas. Like they've, you know, been able to kind of stabilize things after a touchy first week of the season. But they are still the same reckless team like that. That, you know, overall kind of disposition still lives and lurks within them. I think the Dolphins are better coached. And I think highly of Sean McDermott. I just think Mike McDaniel is in his bag right now. And it's it's really difficult to bet against the Dolphins. And so if you're telling me that I get points if I have to bet on the Dolphins, like I will totally do that. So uh, I'm taking Miami. Well, it's cold up in Buffalo. And I guess it's only fitting that I'm in the icebox. Let's go. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. It's me every time. (laughs) That's not like a noise you make normally. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Bills here. Uh, I Look, no one loves the Dolphins or has been higher on the Dolphins earlier more than me. I've been right about them all along, as RJ can attest to, ever since I saw them practice against the Eagles in training camp last year. But... I think there's a bit of an overreaction to such an epic win last week against the Broncos, not only in terms of national perception, but also maybe smelling themselves a little bit. And I think this line tells you that the Bills have more of a chance than they, I think too many people are like, the the Dolphins are getting points. That's a no brainer. I think that's a trap. I would not fall into that trap. The Bills rank first in DVOA and I believe they're second in point differential. Still a very good team. And their only loss this season is that weird, you know, Josh Allen lost the game for them in week one. He is so the weird, the most important player on the team played horrible. <laughs> but I mean, like, it wasn't like, wow, they were, they're a really bad team. Yeah. That was a really bad performance by him without a doubt. But I think, again, we talk about volatility. It's not just a bad thing. It also means he can also get very hot. And I think the bills at home, I am going to take them to win. Uh, for what it's worth, I don't think this changes your opinion, Brandon, but uh, Sean McDermott, right before we started recording, uh, ruled Jordan Poyer out. I don't know that that's like, shocking or anything, but I mean, just context so that we're mm-hmm. all aware. Um, okay. Uh, well, first Icebox game of the week. Um, by the way, the Burr thing, I don't know that you recall this. That was the the impetus for it was um, our initials uh, were Brandon, Rob, and RJ. So mm-hmm. it was BRR. So it was Burr. That was, again, the whole story <laughs> okay. of the Xbox. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, the winless Minnesota Vikings, Stephen, are visiting the Carolina Panthers and bringing uh, four points to lay down in the process. The Vikings, uh, I'm stealing a line from Brandon. Um, last year, everybody said they're not as good as their record said they were. 
they're probably not as bad as an 0 3 record would indicate. They're mm-hmm. definitely the best looking 0 3 team. They've just been That's on the wrong end <laughs> uh, of, a, of a handful of moments, and they've been critical moments, which is why they're winless at this point. Yeah. And this is my lock of the week. I didn't realize mm-hmm. I was my for the second consecutive week, my lock was against the Panthers, but I, I'm going to roll with it anyways wow. because. I feel very confident the Vikings are going to win this game. And maybe it winds up being a weird thing where it does come down to a final possession and Kirk Cousins has to lead a game winning drive and Justin Jefferson makes an incredible play because that's just how the Vikings play football now, I guess. Uh, But eventually they're going to win a football game. Like offensively, we know that they are just simply too talented to be 0-3 right now. And they've had some bad beats, but it's because their defense is just bad. Their defense is absolutely awful. But offensively, they can put up points with the best offenses in the league. And the Panthers are not a good football team, whether it's Andy Dalton or Bryce Young starting this week. So I'm confident the Vikings are going to win and get their first win of the season after that tough start. And I think that they're just going to keep rolling offensively and put up a lot of points. So I think the four line spread is an easy cover for Minnesota this week. Yeah. The Vikings are just due honestly for a win because yeah, I think they're, they're not an Owen four team. They're not good, but they're not that bad. And the Panthers are pretty bad. And typically Kirk cousins, you can count on him to beat the bad teams. That is kind of something he's done uh, throughout his career. So I am a little, I'm not as confident as Steven. I don't feel like the lock thing is a little makes me feel a little bit uneasy, but who am I to doubt him? I mean, he's also perfect on the year in his locks. So um, I, yeah, I I will take the Vikings to win this game and cover. I certainly agree with everything you said in an objective sense, Steven, Uh, but I've just been burned by believing in the Vikings way too many times, right? Like I'm, I'm just, you know, I've played the like butter knife on my like hand games. Like, and I'm just, I'm hurting myself at this point. Like I, I, I don't want skin in the game when it comes to the Vikings. Um, so, uh, kudos to you. Uh, the Vikings host the chiefs next week. Um, and it would just be like the funniest thing in the world if they started to climb out of this hole and then beat the chiefs and then like created this conversation, or whatever that, that will be our same game parlay next week, by the way, lots of offensive action there. I'm taking Minnesota as well. No icebox here. Uh, let's move on. The Cincinnati Bengals, Brandon, are visiting the Tennessee Titans, a 2022 divisional round rematch. Uh, the Bengals obviously have become a darling of the NFL in that time uh, since they beat the one-seeded Titans. Cincinnati favored by two and a half. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't look completely healthy, obviously, on Monday night. The Titans look um, like just a gross football team all the way around. Um, your thoughts? Former Eagle and current member oh, of the geez. Titans, Andre Dillard, their left tackle, has allowed six sacks so far this season. That is the most in the NFL and is double the amount of the next worst offensive tackle in terms of sacks allowed. So, which is, by the way, former chief Andrew Wiley, and he's tied with some other players. Anyway, um, yeah, so the Titans offensive line's not good, and that was expected heading into the year. And I just don't really love their vibe, their energy. I know the Bengals haven't looked like the Bengals that we've seen this year, but I think Monday could have been a performance where it was not Joe Burrow looking amazing and writing the ship entirely. I think this is a win or that was a game for them to build on. And I think they will build on that here and they will win this game. I totally agree. Um, I was tempted when I was first looking at this game, I was kind of tempted to lean towards the Titans because this seems like the typical like Joe Burrow's hurt, obviously not right now and right at the moment. And mm-hmm. the Bengals offense just can't seem to really get going and look like that explosive offense that we're used to seeing. 
but the Titans are just so bad. They're they're the hardest team to watch in football right now. They cannot do anything offensively. Their defensive line's great, and that makes it even harder to watch them because then the opposing offense has to has to win these like tough, gritty football games, and they're just not fun to watch in any way. And the Bengals defense was really impressive against the Rams. They totally dominated that offensive line. And the Bengals defense continues to be underrated uh, along with their pass rush. And their secondary is legitimately good and not getting enough hype right now. So I just don't think the Titans are going to be able to do enough offensively to actually win this football game. So I I have to take the Bengals, even if Joe Burrow is not right right now. I I just think the Bengals defense is going to put together another really impressive game like they did last week against the Rams. I think we all agree that the Titans will pull out six or seven tough, gritty wins, and some of them will be shocking. And like, we should have seen them coming because that's just kind of like, you know, the MO. Um, but I'm fine, you know, being wrong about those six or seven. Like, I'm, I'm fine not predicting those uh, just because they're too difficult. Um, now, you mentioned the Tennessee defensive line, Stephen. Then get to Joe Burrow, obviously. And that was like uh, actually kind of like the theme, right, of that divisional round game. Was, wasn't Burrow sacked like nine times or something like that? And they still lost. Um, whatever the case may be or case was at the time. But um, but yeah, I'm I, I mean, I'm tempted to, to hedge and say that maybe Cincinnati covers, but like I, that's too like narrow of a window. You mean the uh, I don't want to threat. Uh, that's sorry. Uh, There's a Titans cover, um, but that's just too too difficult of a thread or a needle to thread. Excuse me. So um, mm-hmm. I'll take the Bengals and lay the points uh, elsewhere in the AFC North. Stephen, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are coming off mm-hmm. of a, lo- a really embarrassing loss. Uh, and visiting the Cleveland Browns, who look like they may have woken up offensively, even in the aftermath of the Nick Chubb injury. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against <clears throat> against the artist formerly known as the Browns. Um, nobody ever makes that joke, by the way. Uh, where are you going and why? I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens in this oh. game, despite the fact that I don't... We, we make fun of the Chargers and the injury thing every year, but we should really focus more on the Ravens and their injuries over the last three seasons because it's every year now the injury list just piles up and piles up and piles up. And they're really banged up again this season, but I still have faith in Lamar Jackson. And I, I think they're still figuring things out offensively and kind of figuring out who they want to be. Odell Beckham was out last week. Rashad Bateman got banged up again, and he hasn't really done anything this season. Mark Andrews hasn't been totally healthy. And now Melvin Gordon, I guess, is their starting running back. Like, it all sounds bad, but I have faith in Lamar. I, I have mm. faith in the Ravens just being better than the Browns, who I'm not impressed by in any way. The Browns' defense is spectacular, but offensively, Deshaun Watson doesn't look good in – their offensive line hasn't been very good. So I think they can get pressure on the Browns. I'm not buying into anything with Cleveland. I, I'm going to take the Ravens and I'm going to take the points in this game. Oh, easy call for me. Brandon, hang on, hang on, hang on, Brandon, Brandon, because I want to set you up because uh, I, I love the icebox drop. Uh, I'm taking the Ravens as well. Um, I why? don't believe what in the Browns. Doing? Uh, because <laughs> why? Because they have an amazing quarterback. They have an offensive coordinator. Yeah, amazing quarterback who couldn't beat Gardner Minshew last week as an 8.5 home favorite. Okay, well, Jalen Hurts lost to Taylor Heineke last year as a what, like yeah. ten point favorite at the time. Like, are yeah. we going to play this it's game the all the one time? Loss like, of his last eighteen games. Okay, well, sure. it's still lost. I mean, like, we're still you know, it's it still one out of eighteen. I mean, yeah, and he bounced back and has looked great ever since. So, like, the same thing could happen to Lamar here. I mean, so the Ravens, I I trust more. I'm willing to give them try. I think they're better coached. I think they have the better quarterback. I think they have more 
skill position players. Zay Flowers, I mean, remains the biggest game changer, the biggest non-quarterback game changer in this game. Although, man, Amari Cooper looked so good last week. And I know the Cowboys have come a long way, but just it still bummed me out just terribly. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens. Uh, so, you know what that means, baby. I'm in the icebox once again. Um, there's... Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Uh, on the injury thing that Steven mentioned, I mean, maybe don't play your starters so much in the preseason and be obsessed with winning preseason oh games. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if that's connected, but that's something to think about. Hey, Cleveland um, didn't play their starters, like, at all in the preseason, so... Well, maybe something to that. When we RJ mentioned good coaching, better coaching. Well, let me tell you that the Browns have <laughs> one of the very best, if not the best, defensive coordinator in the NFL. The Browns defense this year has been on the field for 39 drives. Can you guess how many drives of those 39 they've allowed a touchdown on? Two. One. Just one. Wow. More than zero. This defense is for real. And look, I'm not like, you know, here to sing Deshaun Watson's praises. And I don't think he's been great, but I don't even think he has to be great, is the thing. This defense is the real deal. Miles Garrett, real deal. That front as a whole looks really good. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Browns to cover two and a half here at home. I think they win this game. Embarrassing. Um, okay, so two ice boxes for Brandon, none for you and I, Stephen. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are visiting the Houston Texans on Sunday. Uh, did either of you know that JJ Watt is getting put in the Texans Ring of Honor in this game? No, no, he doesn't really post on social media, so I wouldn't know that. Uh, okay, uh, was it JJ who spoiled Survivor for you? No. <laughs> okay, uh, well, the Steelers are two and a half point favorites on the road against the Texans. CJ Stroud coming off an offensive rookie of the month performance in the AFC. Uh, he's been incredible. Uh, we're three games in, but obviously has looked the best among all rookie quarterbacks. And some of that is that, you know, Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young haven't even played all of those games. Uh, that being said, I'll go first. I'm taking the Houston Texans. Uh, mm. I believe, and I just, man, I, I know we all were super pumped up about the Steelers, but the offense just looks so, it's so hard to watch. I mean, it's, it's yeah. so hard to trust and believe in. And I don't know that I believe in, in the Stroud Texans, like, you know, being super amazing all the time, but I think they have way more potential to put up more points than the Steelers, even against the mighty Pittsburgh defense. And so uh, if I'm getting points, I'm totally taking the Texans. Steven. Yeah, this is a tough game for me because the Steelers offense has just been awful, just brutal to watch and they can't get anything going, but I, I tend to think, and, and I'm in on CJ Strat. Like I am in on everything that he has done so far this season. And D'Amico Ryans is a head coach. Like, I think the Texans are moving in a really good direction right now, and there's reason to be excited about them here in the near future. But I, I still think last week was one of those games where everything just kind of fell in place for Stroud and the Texans to just pull off that big upset and kind of dominate the Jaguars. But the Steelers' defense is carrying them to victory right now, and the Texans have so many injuries along the offensive line mm -hmm. that I, I think that T.J. Watt and, and that company and that crew are going to be able to carry them to another win this week, kind of like they did last week. Like the the Steelers' defense and their pass rush has been great, and so despite all of the offensive shortcomings, I still think that the defense is good enough to carry them to a win against a team like the Texans. So I'm going to take the Steelers. Last week was Kenny Pickett's first game without turning the ball over. Maybe he's figured something out a little bit in that regard. But, I mean, 
I'm with you guys in terms of not feeling good. No one can feel good about that offense. It's kind of pathetic, but at the same time, uh, I still have to take the Steelers. It doesn't work like this in the sense of like the Steelers have just been this very incredibly functional organization for so long. And the Texans have been like the antithesis of that. It's not that simple when you're looking at a matchup like this, but I just, I think if in a game where I'm, I'm not really feeling certain, I almost want to take the Texans, but I just don't think I can do it yet. I'd rather be a little bit late on them um, and not give them the benefit of the doubt here. I'd rather just lead with the Steelers. You know where I am. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. That's right. Steven, maybe you get a little bit more brave. You know what I mean? You're not even in the icebox at all yet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, the uh, the Buccaneers are visiting the Saints. Uh, Jameis Winston revenge game opportunity, it seems. Brandon, uh, New Orleans laying three and a half in the Superdome. What? No. What is? Yeah, we can, we can no. move to this. Like, I mean, <laughs> spend a lot of time. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Uh, I will take Saints uh, three and a half. I'll, uh, I'll take... Saints win, but Bucks cover. I am going to take the Bucks in this one. I, I think their defense has been playing really well, and Baker better than I thought he would be. So I'm going to take the Bucks. Yeah, I'm. I'm not here. Um, you're in the icebox, Steven. I'm taking the Saints, even with Jameis. So I'm just fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. It never gets old. It really doesn't. Um, Steven, the Rams are in Indianapolis. Uh, One-point favorites um, coming off of a really gross game. Um, this game's gross. In fact, I'm as happy as Steven just because. Wait, didn't he just use his ass? No, Steven did. I yeah. Oh, okay. used, yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize that. Um, This is a good matchup for the Rams' offense. I am going to take them over the Colts. Uh, I think... Hmm. I think people might be overreacting on both sides here. Oh, the Rams lost. Oh, the Colts won. Uh, I think the Rams actually win this game. Who's picking the Colts? What do you like? What, what do you mean? Like, who's well, I overreacting? The, I mean, the 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 Colts are. It's a pick 'em basically. I think the Rams should be favored. Well, they're by on the more road. Here. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, I think the Rams should be favored by more, or or should be favored at all. They should. The Rams should be minus one. Or they are. They, okay, are. Sorry. they should be bigger favorites then. This is a mess. It shouldn't just be a pick em. It should be like Rams minus two or two and a They're half. They're on the road. <laughs> That's what this is. I mean... I'm going to take the Rams. Thank you for effectively saying that six times. Um, I'll also take the Rams. Um, good thing we got a couple of boring games out of the way. Um, I know this game looks gross, uh, but the Broncos are in Chicago uh, and three point favorites in the process. Like, That's how bad. The Bears are Stephen. Um, this game, yeah, is- like, think about that. You you <laughs> lost my. You just allowed seventy points, and now you're three point favorites on the road. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, this game is beautifully gross to me, Stephen. Like, I'm I'm like weirdly masochistically interested in this game. Me too. I'm gonna take the Bears <laughs> yes. in this game. No. I'm you're taking the Come Bears. On. Yes. Oh no. Why? Explain your reasoning. I just. I have to believe no. that coaching staff knows no that they're going to get fired. Like you can't come into this season with expectations of like potentially being a playoff team or something like that and be this bad mm. through three games. They are the worst team in football and it's not even close. 
Justin Fields has to start running the ball. They have to start <laughs> giving him design runs. They have to try to get him into space. And you saw the way the Dolphins just absolutely gashed this Broncos defense last week. Like, I understand that Denver is like, oh, you know, we're, we're motivated this week. You weren't motivated last week when you gave up 70 points. I just don't buy into anything that the Broncos are doing right now. They are awful. I think Sean Payton is terrible and I'm rooting against them actively. So I'm going to pick the bears. I believe that Justin Fields is going to run this week and that they're finally going to be able to accomplish something offensively. I'm picking the bears. <laughs> There's no way you believe that. You definitely want that. I'm talking to happen, myself into it. I've been talking yeah. myself into it all week. Uh, by the way, this didn't come up here, but I, it's been something that's on my mind as a tangent about, um, podcasting It's something I'm guilty of. I'm not trying to point fingers at others and say, I'm not guilty of this as well. I think collectively we need to stop saying that's a big number. Anytime there's a big line, I was listening to some other podcasting where they're making picks. It's like, <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Everyone just says that that's oh, a big line. Okay. Yeah, we know it's a big number. Yeah, we know it's a big line. We don't have to say it. It's funny. Cause you could really make like a super cut of all those drops. Anyway, wow. uh, this is not a big line. I am going to take the Broncos here. The Bears, and I, RJ talked about like that morbid curiosity about it. I have the Bears dead last in my power rankings, and I have the Broncos right ahead of them at 31. So it really is that battle to me in my mind, and I'm sure many people's minds of like the two worst teams. The Bears rank dead last in DVOA, dead last in point differential. They're terrible. And the best thing for them would be to continue to bottom out and get a number one pick and replace their bad quarterback with someone else. I will take the Broncos to win. Um, look, I have tried to manifest the Bears being great for a long time now. Um, I love Matt Eberflus. I love the city of Chicago. Um, Stephen, we were talking about hot dogs, you know, before the show started. Like, I just love the food. Like, love the culture. Like, again, I'm I'm all in. But like, I just can't. I'm I'm. They've broken me. Like, I, I they've burned me more than the Vikings have. And I'm, you know what I mean. Like, I at this point it's more than you have to prove or earn me back like you have to be functional just for me to be willing to pay attention to you um plus beyond all of that which i think is objectively fair does this not smell like a like a broncos ass kicking that sean payton will then mm. like beat his chest about and be like i told y'all you know like he's gonna clap back at the media so hard to be like you know y'all were coming at us blah, but miami they're a really great team that's why i had interest in that job blah 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 you know what like this is is setting up for sean payton to just gaslight everybody else for not believing in him um so steven um you are in the icebox i can't believe you're in, in the, <laughs> Justin the, the ice box. winter is coming i'm in the ice before we move on, did you guys see the clip this week of the St. Brown Brothers podcast? <laughs> the, Wait, the snowball or the it, well, Equinamia's St. Brown plays for the Bears, and Amon Ra was like, you know, "Do you go out after games?" He was like, "Yeah, when we win." He was like, "Well, how's that work?" He was like, "Well, I don't know. I haven't gone out after <laughs> game." <in a> long time. <laughs> Bears haven't won since October 24th of last year. I'm, I'm hoping we can get to the year point. I actually, uh, before we leave this, since Brandon opened the door for pet peeves, I really hate using um, calendar time to describe things in sports. I know that's you hate the, it, the, but the still, dumbest... that's... no, yeah, but, but that's, like, come on, that's I agree. Bad. I get your point, but like people will be like, it hasn't happened in like 290 days. Yeah, years. well, they weren't playing for like 200 of them, like or not even more than that. For like, it's it's so stupid to me. Like, there are proper ways to contextualize this. So, mm. um, whatever. Let's move on. Uh, the Raiders at the Chargers. We already talked about this game in our pick three segment. Now it's time to pick it. The Chargers, Stephen, at home, five and a half point favorites over the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers here. And 
obviously losing Mike Williams is a blow. Um, he was having a really nice start to the year, uh, but Austin Eckler could be back soon. I don't know if he's going to be back this week. Joshua Kelly was just not involved last week and he got a lot of hate for just putting up a, a fantasy dud, but they didn't even try to run the ball. Like the chargers just knew they could throw on the Vikings attack them through the air, the entire game. Justin Herbert, is playing maybe the best football of his career. And the Raiders just look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. So uh, I'm going to take the Chargers, despite their defense playing so poorly uh, through the start of the season. I, I just think offensively they're going to be able to put it together because this Raiders defense just can't really stop anybody, especially through the air. So I think Justin Herbert's just going to carve them up. RJ? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe in the Raiders. Like, right, like, I mean, like the Bears, like we just made the like big old joke and everything like that. And like, Brandon, I know what you're going to say, but like, you can, you can kind of talk yourself into like Justin Fields going off, right? Like, we've like mildly seen, no, no, but like, no, but like, no, but like, it's happened before, right? Like, if you close your eyes, you can just hear me out. Like, (laughs) what is, what is the thing that could happen for the Raiders? Like, like, what, like, Josh Jacobs goes off, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to put Aiden O'Connell in the game. I mean, Jimmy G gets hurt. I just don't, but I, the Raiders have such a, a bad energy going on about them, and the Chargers don't have a good one. Brandon Staley is going to be the Bears coach next year. I'm pretty confident of this. Like, this is what I'm <laughs> starting to believe. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, I'm I'll take the Chargers. I I'll take the Chargers to win, but the Raiders to cover, like backdoor cover at the very end. Mm. Um, just kind of breaks Betters' hearts. Yeah, I'll take the Chargers. I mean, I don't like fully. You know, I, I am putting them in a place where I cannot. Give them the benefit of the doubt, but Ooh. the Raiders are just even worse. They're that much worse. Jimmy G can't take care of the ball, and again, their vibes are very not good. So uh, it's not about believing in the Chargers as much as it is just really not believing in the Raiders at all. The San Francisco 49ers are 14-point favorites at home against the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Don't ask me what it's like for your team to be double-digit point favorites against the Cardinals because it is not a good time. Uh, Steven, I'll go quickly. Um, I do think the Cardinals might be a little bit better than, you know, maybe like the we all thought, <laughs> but uh, that doesn't ex- that, that doesn't excuse what Dallas did last week. That's just, again, separate things here. Uh, but I still I mean, I'm not betting against San Francisco in any way, shape or form. I'm not either. Obviously, I think the 49ers are going to win this game. Like, I think they're the 49ers have maybe been the most dominant team in the NFL. Like they just look spectacular. And even last week without Brandon Ayuk, it was like, well, we've got Debo and we've got Kittle and we've got McCaffrey and there's nothing you can do about it. But this Cardinals team has actually been a lot better than I think any of us thought they were going to be. I was roasted for saying this 30 seconds ago. Just I I am going to go out on a limb here and say the 49ers win, but I think the Cardinals can can keep it within 14 points. You know what, Stephen? That much better than we think they are. That's a big number, Stephen. (laughs) It is. It is a big number. Jonathan Gannon, three and zero against the spread. How about that? Not very surprising. Doesn't that say that the Cardinals are better than we thought they were? Yeah, it does. But okay, well then, why did you make fun of both of us for saying (laughs) that? Because you have to believe that. It's a very you have to. I said that these were separate things. Anyway, um, I think the Forty Niners win and cover. They've looked really good for the most part this year. They're coming off extra rest, having played on Thursday the week before. Cardinals had their kind of like. You know, uh, you know, like overachieving game. They won. They surprised. They snuck up on the Cowboys. They surprised them. They're not going to be able to do that to the 49ers back to back. Cardinals, for as much as they might have some good things going on, it's still a limited team we're talking about, and I think that's going to show 
the talent disparity is going to show against the 49ers who are just way, way better. Um, by the way, just speaking, you know, about Cowboys fans, I could totally see maybe it's like a close game. And like, I'm using that word very loosely in the first quarter. Like maybe Arizona's even up to like a, I don't know, like a 10-7 lead for a little bit. I could totally see Cowboys fans like just lamenting and tweeting like, how come nobody's talking about the, the Niners trail and the Cardinals? Like, just chill out. Just come back down to earth a little bit. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Cowboys, they are six and a half point favorites at home against the New England Patriots. It is the return of Ezekiel Elliott, BLG, who Jerry Jones said while we've been on uh, recording here is a ring of honor type of candidate, which is true. Uh, but it's just funny to say when Jimmy Johnson is still excluded from uh, the association. I think the Patriots play to the level of their competition. I think they're one of those teams. Uh, I think they're going to muck it up against the Cowboys. And I don't think they win, but I do think they cover this six and a half point spread. And I feel pretty confident in it. I think after last week's embarrassing loss for the Cowboys, they got to really put it together. And I do agree the Patriots will probably make this... uh, make this kind of hard to watch because that's what bill belichick and his defense does but i think the cowboys win and i think they win easily after last week's huge letdown i'm not quite spooked enough um to say that the patriots cover um but i think it it is maybe like a close game at halftime maybe closer than cowboys fans would like um maybe the cowboys you know stall in the red zone their first two times or something like that and it kind of like feeds the you know the hysteria and it's more chum in the water uh, but I agree with Steven. We've seen, you know, the Cowboys have had like a what the hell are you doing loss almost every year in the Mike McCarthy era. And they've generally bounced mm. back from them um, pretty soundly. And so um, this could be that. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about that. So if um, the Cowboys lost this game, which I don't think they will, it's 49ers next, right? Like that's a you have to and, win this game. And then Chargers after that. Yeah, um, so, so it is. Yeah. A- and I, and I think that works in their favor. I think they know like they, they can't mess around. They can't play with their food. They have to win this game. I thought it was interesting along those lines. Last week, C.D. Lamb was asked about like, oh, y'all are too, you know, when everything was going great for the Cowboys, like, what's this start like? And he was like, well, this start really means nothing. He was like, we're looking forward to week five. Like, he specifically said that. And obviously, the, <laughs> one the, week at the, a time. I know, but like, not then. again, it was like, okay, like, I know the Niners live rent free in y'all's heads, but like, just relax. Like, you you do have to go, you have to be mm-hmm. the Cardinals person, the Patriots. Like, you can't, you can't just, you know, sim to the 49ers game. But okay, uh, Sunday Night Football, Steven, the Chiefs. Uh, are visiting the Jets. They are nine-point favorites uh, on a scale of one to ten. Um, I want to use the word annoying, but how intense has the Taylor Swift narrative been around Arrowhead Pride this week? It's been very intense. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm kind of past the point of, at first, I was like, do we have to keep talking about this to where I'm into it now? <laughs> I'm, I'm not in. You should it's, be. You're a content creator. This is a, it, like a, a it, Super Bowl on top of a Super well, Bowl for you guys. And but also it's just like, yes, Travis, like I'm just rooting for Travis Kelsey and all of this. And all of a sudden, like within two weeks, Travis Kelsey has just become the most recognizable face in all of football because of all of this. It's just been insane to watch everything unfold. So I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Um, and I've been like listening to Taylor Swift and like watching Taylor Swift interviews like a weirdo. Like I'm totally engaged in all of this right now. What's your song of the week from a Taylor perspective? I don't know any of the names of them. I just we'll sing like it. Them on the phone. I don't know the words. Pop it. I don't know if we. <laughs> I, don't, um, I, I can't. I've never listened to Taylor Swift in my life before this week. I, I can't just pull it off the top of my head. But okay. I have listened to a couple of songs. 
Uh, so we'll pick the game first, please, Stephen. Um, I am going to take the Chiefs here. Um, I did say this week, like when the Chiefs lost to the Colts last week, we were like the only way they'll lose the last season. We were like the only way they'll lose this game is if they turn the football over a bunch and are totally sloppy. And that's exactly what they did against the Colts and they lost that football game. This has more of that kind of feel where if they were to be really sloppy, the Jets defense is good enough, kind of like the Bills in week one to where you could potentially lose this football game. But Zach Wilson's just so bad. And I know uh, this week they're like, you know, Chiefs are piss- pissing Zach Wilson off. Better look out. He's going to step up. That's not going to happen. We we can definitively say that's not going to happen. We have a large sample size of what Zach Wilson is in the NFL. The Chiefs defense has been spectacular uh, through the first three weeks of the season. They're going to decimate that Jets offensive line. I think the Chiefs win, and I think they cover pretty easily. Brandon, on the Jets side of things, um, well, we, we talk often about like how life moves fast, like things burn up quickly in the NFL. Like there was this like, um, I don't want to call it a honeymoon or like a grace period for the Jets, but I think there was this like understandable window where everyone was willing to give them time to like recover from the Aaron Rodgers interview. It was like a really jarring thing. And that has like completely, you know, dissipated. Like na- now it's like Robert Sala is like directly in the crosshairs of Jets fans for sticking by Zach Wilson. Okay, cool. You brought in Trevor Simeon, but like they are like one blown you know, blowout loss against the Chiefs on national television with Taylor Swift in the building away from like true DEFCON one level freak out panic from their fans and everyone around the world. Uh, Don't need to overthink this. Jets are going to win this game. Not Jets, sorry. Chiefs are going to win this game. Uh, I did overthink it there by misspeaking. Uh, Chiefs are going to win. I, I'm just so annoyed on behalf of Jets fans that yeah, like – while you're just wasting time this is a otherwise good roster i i'm I'm so annoyed you can't just waste it you can't and you're seeing it in terms of players being frustrated like you're just wasting a season for players you're not giving yourselves a chance with zach wilson you have to try you owe it joe douglas general manager salah like you guys owe it to your to everything you're trying to build to your culture to a meritocracy to not play Zach Wilson. You can't play him. You have to try something else. And no, Trevor Simeon does not count. That's not good enough. You have to go out and make a trade or sign Nick Foles. Sign, I don't think Carson Wentz works, but sign, like, you have to do something. You can't do nothing. Nothing is not an option. And they're choosing nothing right now. And it's pathetic. And it's just like, I can't, I can't believe. And, and it's not like, I think Jets fans are on board with it, but I'm surprised the outrage hasn't been louder. And maybe it's because they're just so beaten down. Maybe it's because there isn't really a strong presence right now. It's too depressing. But, man, like, they should be just like, you have to trade for Kirk Cousins. And maybe they can't because Cousins has the no-trade clause. I don't know. Maybe the Vikings don't want to give up on their season yet. I don't know. Uh, someone brought up this name. I forget who it was. I think it was on I think it was ESPN. It was either Dan Graziano or Jeremy Fowler. How do you feel about Ryan Tannehill on the Jets? I mean, I'm... I mean, I'm not saying like they're Super Bowl contenders all of a sudden, but like you have to do something, right? You have to. You have to do something. And Jameis Winston isn't something either. I know the the Wednesday guys uh, on the SB Nation NFL show have been talking about like that as an option. No, that's not a real option either. That is just as good as signing Trevor Simeon. You have to do something that is at least somewhat, in theory, viable. So anyway, I'll take the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, it's... This is all gross and tough. Like, I mean, I I feel for Jets because for Jets fans because this like this has the makings of like what I was saying. Like, this is just like a 
like a Lions Packers game, right? Like the Chiefs, like everybody just partying, like to Steven's point, like just in, like, leaning into the Taylor Swift thing, like everyone just kind of having fun and like hitting the overs or whatever their prop bets and like all their fantasy players. And like the only reason them not even ha- happening potentially is just because the Chiefs got out to too big of a lead, right? Like this just, this has the makings of like a, a Chiefs Mageddon, you know, for the Jets and they're just stuck. Um, Don't you and like I know- Taylor Swift? Like, I do. Going, I don't have a problem. You're not with like it. singing I, her songs or anything. I, f- I feel like you haven't made any references or anything. I don't like when things become overly popular. Um, so like, <laughs> I I'm really uh, frustrated at how every announcer feels the need to like work in a song title of hers. Like, let's let's. I'm I'm a fan of being clever and and brilliant, but like, find a unique way to do that. Like, I'm really uh, like sick of the Kevin James meme at this point. Like, we've we've ruined it. Like, it's it was funny for like a day. And it's done. Like, stop. I mean, like, just find a new slant on it. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, I'm I'm cool with it if you want to do that, which is why I asked Stephen what his favorite song was. I like I love her music. But um, so yeah, I'm fine if like you want to do over-unders on like how many times you think she's gonna be shown on the broadcast. I'm here for all that. Let's have fun with that. That's way more entertaining than the Jets stuff, too. Like the Jets are just sad and boring. And man, what uh like cratering New York football has had after like they had like a bit of a resuscitation. Um so speaking um, of. I'm taking the Jets. Um, but yeah, so uh, for the second time in four weeks, Stephen, Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football will be played at MetLife Stadium. The Seattle Seahawks are visiting the New York Giants. Brandon, when we recorded the mixtape, correct me if I'm wrong, the Seahawks were one-point dogs. Is that correct? I don't totally remember. Um, but it was something like that. I think the Seahawks were one-and-a-half-point dogs. Right. Well, that has moved. Seattle, um, they are one-point favorites, and you both may have noticed that I have not offered a lock of the week. That's because I was saving it for this. Steven, I'm locking the Seahawks up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I've already said everything. They're winning. Uh, I'm taking the Seahawks to win, obviously. Okay. Steven. Uh, I will also take the Seahawks to win. I just don't have any faith in this Giants offense right now. Yeah. The, again, there was a point here where the Giants were favored. Why? 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 Why would the Giants be favored? What have they done this year to earn that? It's pathetic. Uh, Seahawks, meanwhile, what? They're not favored. The the Seahawks are favored. I said they were at one point. Giants were at favored at one point, and I think that's insane. Why would they ever be favored in this matchup? I I don't care that they're home. They're terrible, and the Seahawks have dropped 37 in back-to-back weeks. Like, what are we doing here? So, yeah, I mean, this is a very good lock of the week by RJ, who has been struggling to get his locks right, so... Uh, yeah, I like this pick by him. It's a pick him? Are you kidding me? Why aren't the, the Seahawks should be favored by like three, two and a half, three and a half, somewhere in that range. Um, easy win for them. Um, okay, that's that. Um, Stephen, before we leave, uh, Brandon and I both shared pet peeves. Uh, Brandon's about spoiling television shows and about uh, this is a big number. I've shared a few of mine. So if you can give us some of your pet peeves, I think, you know, round us out. We all are in the icebox. So we all have to offer some pet peeves, please um pet peeves hmm i don't know i'm trying to think of something i i really just a lot of mine are like social media related because i don't really like social media but i use it as a product of my job um fantasy threads most annoying thing ever most annoying thing i could possibly think of threads? Like, i despise them yeah the fantasy threads the the but these five guys, the guys in fantasy football, you got to buy right now. Click on my thread and it's 40 tweets long. I can't stand it. I despise it. Just write, write a blog post. Come on. Yeah. That was oddly specific. But, um, but I mean, if it, if it riles you up, I mean, that's what we were looking for here. Um, I have another one. Melt in your okay. mouth. Not a good phrase. People <laughs> use that wrong. It does not melt in your mouth. There's so many things that don't actually melt. An ice cube melts in your mouth. 
so I mean, many theoretically foods everything about, melts do not in melt mouth. in your mouth no they do not no, melt in your mouth everything does though like the process no. of melting happens <laughs> They're, not no, in the same way a, st- a piece of steak does not melt in your mouth the way an ice cube does. Those are two it different things. It would. If you left it in there for long enough, it does, it it does melt. It down, not... but it doesn't melt. I don't think you understand what the word melt means. Like, again, like... What are you it, talking about? It doesn't every melt. Food, every food melts to some degree. Like, the there is literal melting that happens in your mouth. Every single food. No. Um, one more for me, I guess, since we're going around the bend. I don't know if you thought of another one, Stephen. Um, I hate when people say things like, uh, you know, they're not getting any younger. Okay, who is? Like, like who, who is the person who's getting younger? Or like, I hate when people refer to a moment as fleeting. Like, oh, it's a fleeting moment. They are all fleeting. They're all equally fleeting. No moment is fleeting faster than another. Maybe also, um, even arrived yet. One last That's one, um, since we're kind of doing this now. Um, I hate the phrase, um, uh, you know, BLG is just trying to have his cake and eat it too. Because the, yeah, the proposition, the mixed Yeah, mm-hmm. the proposition, Stephen, is that the two options are to have the cake and to eat it. Yeah, I think you get this wrong. They're, they're not equally <laughs> desirable options. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, who would, what is the, even the process or the state of having the cake? Who would choose to have the cake as opposed to eating the cake? And I, me. I, I don't really like cake that much, so I could have the yeah, cake, cake and not bad. really want to eat it. Or, or there's a lot of bad cake out there. Do you think cake melts in your mouth, Steven? Yes. <laughs> TGIF. All right, wrapping it up. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.